Ryan. Kevin. Shane. Shane. Shane's yes. uh, apparently coming I'm down Mark. off nasal spray. <laughs> yeah, so. Really? Well, it's been a couple of days. It, it, are it, you, like, trying to kick it, or are you just getting over Yeah, I'm trying to kick it. Cold oh, turkey. Really? So, I don't know that you can once you get addicted to nasal well, spray. Well, I nasal don't... spray, you don't get the shakes. You get the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't breathe out of half of my snorts. nose. What was the old... Uh, what was it? Maybe it was a Mitch Hedberg. It was like, what happens if you try and quit cold turkey, cold turkey? I, I have not <laughs> heard that bit, but I like it. I mean, like, if you're addicted to cold turkey... Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a weird addiction. Is, is, is that the punchline? Warm it up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Problem Chris, solved. I'm about to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, lots going on. Good to have the band back together. You know, two weeks in a row, dudes. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like, like we're back in a rhythm. We're we're using the rhythm method here. Exactly. I think that's wait. I think that's the opposite of produ- we're producing more people than there were. I think the rhythm. Oh, we're producing. Is. You mean more? Well, like three people, weeks. Like, ago. like people being a metaphor for podcasts. You know, output. Sure. Yeah, that's like good. These too. are our babies. Yeah, that's great. That works. I don't know what y'all are talking about. I don't think we do either at this point. Well, that seems like about the time we should get started then. All right. Why don't we roll some music? I'm Shane. Ryan. I'm Kevin. And Mark. Somebody likes it. Yeah, I guess probably a pretty decent place to start is today is the... 35th anniversary? Is it the 35th or the 34th anniversary? It was 35th, ni- it was 35th, you're right. I thought it was yeah. 1981. Oh, I it is I remember watching TV in our parents' bedroom uh, and like people just being overwhelmed. And I was a Beatles fan. I knew who John Lennon... Anyway, we're talking about you're, John Lennon's... Yeah. Are, are you really, dad. though... Oh, but, I mean, you were pretty young at that time. Like, aren't you, when you were like, a little kid, aren't you kind of like a fan of like everything? Like, just... You're a f- you're a f- well, the you're first record I ever knew from start to finish was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah, me too. Uh, like I remember us listening to that like together. Our parents had a copy of that and then a bunch of really, really terrible records. Oh, my God. By that time, I was listening to the best of Kenny Rogers and like Disney Yeah, they had, they had like John, yeah. Sh- John Sebastian on 8-track. Like, and a bunch back. of like minstrelly type. Yeah, like like M I N. Yeah, that's stay that's with me, stay with me, asshats. M I N S T R E L. Like a bunch of that, a bunch of that stuff that seemed to be really popular in the sixties that just like stayed in every parent's like uh, music record with, collection with like like pan flutes and lutes and stuff. Like I imagine a guy with like a green. I think I've blocked some of that stuff out, but I remember like look flipping through their their collection and like the one that we maybe you even turned me on to it, but like. Was Sergeant Pepper, and so like I was yeah. a Beatles fan for sure. I mean, I was eight when he died. Like I wasn't like a okay it's embryo, right? Okay, I'm just kidding. And it didn't imprint you probably the way that it would have if you were no. Say, 18, but I do remember but, like, seeing like the outpouring of grief on TV, and it looking like oh, this is a really big deal. Yeah, it hap- It happened at a point in my life where I was completely unaware of anything but the best of Kenny Rogers. I actually didn't know that John Lennon died. I think until I was in high school. So. Somehow I missed this seminal moment, and, and I mean ho- horrific moment, you know. Um, but at the t- at the time, well, I, think I mean you were blissfully unaware. unaware so blissfully unaware. Okay, thank you. I'll anyway, so yeah, so people been like, so it's with that backdrop, and you know, technically unrelated. 
people have been some famous people have been passing this week. Robert Loggia. Robert Loggia passed. Character actors everywhere. Brian Dennehy is probably mourning it in a different way. <laughs> that like guys who are like I wonder whatever. if they were buddies. Actually, that would be that would have been a road picture that I totally that would have been watched. a great like buddy cop movie. Pull like, starring over. Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Dennehy. Loja. Yeah, Pat Oswalt used to do a bit about how he and Brian Dennehy attacked the food bar at some London uh, movie premiere because they're always like Brian Dennehy said, "Fat guy, you know, like character actors who gives a shit if we're fat." And he's like, "They always need a fat best friend. Like that's never gonna go out of style." So <laughs> right on. <laughs> Well, and, and people should uh, Google on the old YouTubes. What is it? Minute Made? Yeah, there's a Minute Made Minute ad Made Robert with Robert Loggia commercial, I think, would probably oh, pull it, it up. And it is solid gold. It's maybe my favorite commercial of all time. No, that you, Kevin just showed us that, and wow. That's Highly amazing. entertaining, but can you guys, I mean, can we say a few things that, I mean, that people don't know who Robert Loggia is? Oh, sure. Robert Loggia was a uh, character actor who played a, played lot, a lot of, of mafioso like thugs. Yeah, yeah. type and characters. He had a recurring role on the Sopranos for like a season. I I'm think. sure, yeah, yeah, all but, that but, stuff. But, you know, talks kind of like this. You know, big Talked. hulking guy. Very much a tough guy. and I don't uh, remember but, him ever not being old. Um, no, he was one of those guys like Abe Bogota that just looked like he was in his 80s when he was in his 40s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good call of Abe Bogota there. Yeah, it's true. And that guy, I think that guy's still alive. I think like, he is too. He is. Yeah. So anyway, the doctors just keep knocking on the door and he's like, no, no, I'm fine. Well, uh, and, and, you know, it, it, they say it comes in threes in something uh, someone who unfortunately passed a little too young. Very similar, I think, to Loja in a lot of ways. Scott Weiland. Scott Weiland. Yeah. Erstwhile sure. singer um, of Stone Temple Pilots. A little more tragic. You know, that guy had his demons. And, and while, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of all of his music, they did. Stone Temple Pilots did put out one record that I thought was really good. Their third record. Their third record. Their third I really record liked it. Brilliant. It was like mod or something. Like they just it was completely like, changed track. Yeah, it was Attack. like weird, really poppy songs out of nowhere. Yeah, where they'd been this kind of like second-rate Pearl Jam for a while. Well, there were lots of glimmers of goodness, uh, especially in their second record. Um, not a, not so much their first record, the one that like established them. I'm making light when I say that. Robert Loggia and Scott Weiland, it comes in threes, of course. But, um, yeah, it's tragic. I mean, the guy had a tortured life. Um, I, don't think they, I don't think they still have established what the cause of death was. Well, I think yeah, a heart attack. Heart, they said heart, heart attack, attack, but, but was I, it drug induced? I think oh, that sure. seems to be the. Uh, I mean, either directly thing. or indirectly, yes. Yeah, true. But, true that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, on that little uh, bundle of fun, what are we talking about this week? Uh, the second record from The Strokes. Oh, another ailment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't think any of those guys had a stroke. <laughs> it's just like, by the, by the end of this podcast, we're all going to be sitting like on Can the floor. Can we do something by the young heart attack next? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we're we're going to be like, Austin, covered man. in... People outside of Austin are like, who? Yeah, right. Uh, sorry. Anyhow, that's, that's, no, no, no. Uh, Room on Fire by The Strokes. And I think when they say the strokes, I think they're probably talking more about masturbation, but that's just a theory. Sure. Uh, Name a disease that fells old people. Right. So <laughs> Survey says. So uh, I want to share a little, a little nugget from um, – this is one of these that – Just like that go by. I think, I think in general – well, and there's plenty of, for us to discuss with this album um, – but I thought maybe a decent place to start would be 
the the first paragraph from the spin review because all this like it it seems you know if you if we all think about when that first strokes record came out it really kind of tended to split the room between people who thought it was the greatest thing in the world and people who thought it was essentially the antichrist and like these well guys had really every, they, well, well like had every like these guys had every advantage they, and blah blah well blah, and like, that's sort the of thing that, and that which argument. is kind of a separate issue from the music these guys met in boarding school because they all had really rich parents. Two of them did. Uh, well, it's, I, well two, two, where he met. That's where Albert Hammond Jr. Yeah, and Julian uh, Casablanca. Julian Casablanca, whose father owned a modeling Casab- agency. And also, like, he, he dabbled in, uh, in the music industry for a little while. Um, I believe that he, and you could, we could look this up here in a second, but I'm pretty sure that he, uh, his label signed um, Kiss. The first time. Oh, yeah, in the 70s. Um, yes, that'll the pay 70s for a happened. couch and a boat. <laughs> if you're Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> exactly. Did you say a couch and a boat? Yeah, you don't have to use a couch together. and a boat. Like, you can put the couch yeah. on the boat. I don't care. Uh, so anyway, so this is what this is what the this is what Spin Magazine, the guy who writes for, for the one guy who writes for Spin, had to say about this record when it came out. He said, only their hairdressers and backstage pass know for sure, but this is how I bet it went down. One night, early in the sessions for their second album, the Strokes retired to singer Julian Casablanca's apartment to listen to some rough mixes. The mood was festive, and the old Milwaukee was flowing, but once Julian hit play, the lads knew something was amiss. After a few awkward moments, one of them, Nikolai, Fabrizio, Fandango, whoever, looked up from the foosball table and said, Dudes... We got ahead of ourselves. Working with uh, the Radiohead producer, producer Nigel, was a great idea, but we should save him for our challenging third album. We forgot to make our pressure-relieving second album. Yeah, I mean, that's a little cheeky. A it's, little. Um, it's not cheeky. It's douchey. <laughs> yeah. It's well, okay, but there is... Okay, so going the backstory on that is they originally started recording with Nigel Godrich of Radiohead, most famously, I guess... Uh, production fame and worked with Travis and did a, worked with a bunch of good bands and as a highly sought after producer and they didn't like how it went so they went back to their original producer and I don't remember his name but the guy who did is this it um but and I didn't I didn't look up reviews of this until I after I made at least one pass through it but I do think it's really uh sides three and four from is this it is yeah, it's this it, record. It's is this it junior. But yeah, sure. but having established that if I hadn't heard is if this If you it, hadn't it, heard is this it, yeah, it's brilliant. Just, oh, no, it's a great record. The, well. it, in fact, let me let me let me tell you this. The the, the first the first side uh songs one through five um are just, just home run, home run, home run, home run, home run. And it, it doesn't like it, it, it not comparing them at all because for years Without having listened to and, and is this it is one of my all time favorite rock records. It I agree. Easily, I'm with you on that. In my right. top twenty, I think it's the best record that ca- uh, rock record that came out between 2000 and 2010, in my opinion. Um, but there, were, but I hadn't listened to it in a few years, and I've heard a number of these songs in the last couple of years that I just thought they were part of. Is this it? That I just did. They were like deeper cuts on there. No, no is this it's like in my rotation. Like I listen to it once every. At least four or five months. Me too, but I think the I think the quality tapers off just slightly toward the end of the record. Then, the, but but there are a couple of songs on here like twelve fifteen and the one before it um, are are j- almost just as they're they're incredible songs. 
and they fit so seamlessly with this is it because let's face it no, they're not reinventing the wheel no no they're they're making another wheel right but i mean look the ramones never really reinvented the wheel either i know and that's fine and i was actually thinking about that like several of these songs as i was you know driving over here and i was like this came on the radio i'd totally turn it up like with a discussion we had the other day, like with when the Ramones come on the radio, you turn it up. You turn it up, right? You know, I listened to their. Um, well, I didn't own this record, and in fact, I thought I hadn't heard any of the songs off it until I'm listening to it. You've like, heard this. Oh, I know that. I know that. I don't know. No, I knew all five of the song, the first five songs. I knew p- pretty well. If you ever put the uh, Strokes, Pandora on, you're gonna those will come up a lot. Sure. Um, but I had just associated them with this is it. But I is did, this it? it uh, did I? Yeah, I always miss that in trivia. Is this if, if right. like it comes up? Um, I think it's a pretty common refrain that a lot of folks uh, who've talked about this record seem to think that they're like sort of flip sides of a similar coin, um, or that it's an extension of the first first effort. But I always thought like maybe the better name for the second record record could have been, or is this it? Like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, but you'd have to pronounce it that way. Yeah, you, would. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you just have to have do heavy italics yeah. on the one word. Yeah, or yeah. dot dot dot. Yeah. I I owned their third record, of uh, the record after this, and that's when they did try to reinvent the wheel. And let me tell you, those are some shitty wheels, man. That third yeah. record is just a, just didn't happen. No, yeah. No. Well, I feel like they were in the zone. Uh, they were in the making... zone for two really great records. Yeah. I mean, this is this is not as good as their first record. No, but it's pretty it's fucking not. good. Man. But had I not heard their first record, I might be just blown over by this. I'm kind of blown over by it. I, like, no, I, mean, I think I, it, I think it's a fantastic record. I will continue to listen to it. It, you know, it takes a lot pleasant. of the sharp edges out of like early, late seventies, early eighties, new wave stuff like well, they synthesized a lot of influences, and they kind of caught some flack for this when the well, first who gives a shit? Out. They're good songs. I, I know, I agree, and they sound to. Like to today's ears, just like the Strokes, but people are like, "Oh, okay, so it's you really like television and Velvet Underground and the yeah. Cars and, and the like, Pixies, yeah, and you know, yeah, sure, Uncle, yeah, that's okay, we, we, I agree, all I mean, bands t- that are great." But now, now you listen, you go back, you know, what thirteen years on, uh, or you know, from their first record, uh, twelve years on from this one, uh. When you hear it, all you hear is the, the strokes. strokes. Yeah, it sounds exactly like the Strokes. Why don't yeah. we listen to a Strokes song? What do you want to play off this one, man? Uh, let's get into Reptilia. He seemed impressed by the Like that are really great for um, Muppet dancing. 
Like where the you know where like oh yeah I knew Muppets, you were going there. The Muppets always dance the same way. It's like that same like bobbing up and down, like kind of like a mosh pit, except like with crazier Muppet hair. So I think yeah, it could be like I can't, that. you know it took me it took me a second for you to sell me on that because in my head it, originally there were like flashing lights like warning warning dad 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 <laughs> talking. I can see you doing that with your kids. Uh, yeah, that's but that is one thing about the Strokes they have like. Sometimes they have, like, the, for, at least for the first two records, Julia Casablancas has that distorted vocal. But uh, one of the things that they do... What is that? Is that, that like a compression of, deal? Or yeah, but it sounds like it, he's singing into a harmonica mic. Well, he does so the it's same... It's definitely compression. Yeah, they, they're, in fact, a lot of people talk about the fact that, like, that, that whole, like, sort of singing into a telephone-type thing, they use a ton. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and our friend it. Marcus Rice, uh, I remember well, like going over to his place just, one night and going like, "Hey, you like the new Strokes record?" He's like, "Well, the songs are good, but it's weird that distorted vocal thing." That's he weird. He came around to that band after you guys had that conversation. I'm glad, but well, it's distorted vocals. I mean, think about John Lennon singing on Revolution number. I'm um, not Revolution number nine. Uh, Revolution. What, what is it? Uh, Instant Karma. Like same deal. Yeah, same thing. It's the, it's a similar yeah, oh, yeah stylistic yeah distorted vocals. It sounds like he's singing through a, a well, Monica mic. But you know one of the things I want to say before I forget about this, one of the things I love about this band so much and it never gets old for me is a number of their songs they're playing and then it just like just ends like they just all pass out. It's like, but it's it's not in like a pavement way where they just sound like they're getting lazy, but like, (laughs) it's like, it's like they just like, they just wind it down all at once. Yeah. They go, you know, like the power got pulled and they had to stop. Right. Somebody forgot to plug in the band. (laughs) Well, Kevin mentioned something that I thought was intriguing while we were off the air. Was it the Muppet thing? No, it was that you actually like this record. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, no, it's um, like as I recall, you're kind of a little bit fussy about the Strokes. Wait, like, well, and maybe I fell into that into that camp. <laughs> Mark's laughing at your phrasing, but uh, maybe I fell into that the latter camp of what we talked about at the top of the show, where it's like, okay, when that first record came out, it was everywhere. You know that sometimes and like, it was fawning adoration from the press, fawning and... adoration. So like, I have a tendency to just tune out, tune out, or like. You know, step away for a little while, and and actually, that has, in a weird way, that has benefited me some because I tend to discover these things on my own. I know that, like, I'll just sort of make a mental book. You can kind of come back with fresh ears. Yeah, I, you know, I'm the same way, Kevin. Like, I, 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 I will not. Oftentimes, I will choose not to. I will choose to be a curmudgeon about certain acts. Because of the fawning adoration that's so pervasive. See, I don't give a fuck. I'll listen to it, and if it's good, I'll like well, Vampire Weekend. Totally, like great band. I, I, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it, it's something that I'm that I'm proud of, and I'm getting better about it. This yeah. band in particular, though, I didn't have a chance to. It became so ubiquitous in every bar I went to, in every car I rode in. Well, and right. I was like, damn, this shit's fucking good, man. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is context too. It's like if it's in every bar that you're in or whatever, and you enjoy like you you pair that with good experiences, then like like you well, knowing those point. five those five tracks off this record just through osmosis and like having listened to it as background, like all of that's cool and totally legitimate ways to come about it. I just like when I'm sort of surrounded by. By popular music, sometimes I tend to take a step back. Well, if you're feeling smothered by it, I, I kind of get that. But you know, I saw them on their like first like big tour. I don't know if I've talked about this one. This, at Austin Musical? Show. No, it was at Stubbs. I saw them at Austin Musical. I went with the next John year. Mason. I was working with Masonic at the time, and they came out Austin and they Mason. played their set of like twelve songs, and everybody was like, "Woo!" And it was like like packed. You know, it was like fifteen hundred people, but 
you know, they were brand new kind of at that point. And everybody's like, woo! And they're like, thank you, good night. And they literally left, which doesn't ever happen at bigger shows. But they didn't know any other songs. I was going to say, that's either the douchiest move I've heard of in a long time or... No, they, they just they didn't just know didn't any other songs. shit. They, had all, they played all their songs. They should have just played this whole set again twice. Should we should we listen to another track? Yeah, let's get into uh, another one of the singles, twelve fifty one, which doesn't last that long. That's good. Really it does not. Last it's that it's long. not talking about the the time running. No. Yeah, I think it's talking about a time during the day. So brace yourselves for twelve fifty one. Because you pointed at me, Mark. The, uh, Shane, you're making this sound like a morning zoo. You are kind of. Yeah, so um, the Spin article that I referenced earlier had a really interesting take on this track. It said the kicky 80s style hand claps on 1251. I'm a sucker for that. Oh, I am too, which takes place exactly 52 minutes after Blondie's 1159. That's a weird music guy reference. Uh, make a they make a song about being bored on a Friday night in New York City, which this guy notes is uh, not exactly a universal condition. Is that Mark Spitz that wrote that? Uh, might be. Didn't he anyway. win like a bunch of gold medals? It's same name. Yeah. Um, anyway, with anyway, the mustache, he made he basically made it sound like that's a it's an unusual like it's an unusual song about an unusual condition in New York, but it still resonated with people who were bored, even though the song's not boring. Uh, yeah, why don't you put it that way? Okay. Put that in your pipe and blow it around. Yeah, well, okay, so I don't know what to do with all that mess you just said, but <laughs> but I would like to note that, okay, so this this band has two really good guitar players, and I think Albert Hammond Jr. might be the best rhythm guitar player I've ever heard. Yeah, he's great. Like, it's... Have you heard any of his solo stuff? I love no, his solo stuff. No, it's great. Yeah, it's I think really so good. Mm -hmm. We should pick one of his records. I agree. Julian Casablanca's solo stuff is really good, too, but totally, totally different. Is it croony? No, it's more like uh, there's a lot more electronic stuff going so, on. There's a series of things that he sings through a fake telephone. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I do think his, his vocal style... In the Strokes, anyway, is croonery. Like if you took like it a is. crooner band in front of in front of a kind of punky garage rock band that was recorded really well. You know, that's interesting. It, it's do you remember the Smoking Popes? 
Vaguely, Meet, were very, they on the Clueless soundtrack? I, I, they may have been. They they also had a thing where they had like punky music, but that was, they had like one semi hit song. They, they did. I can't remember what it was, but they had like this you know pop punk thing, mid nineties pop punk thing, very different musically. But then they had like a Frank Sinatra impersonator kind of singer. Well, that's kind of what Julian Casablanca is, is you know except what? for never, dressed like a homeless person. I've never, yes, there's that too. I've never thought of that before. That's really interesting. You're completely right about that. He is kind of a crooner singer. Well, how about that? Like the room falls silent. No, no. I mean, anyway, like no. What this band does really well is each individual part of it. You can hear very distinctly and have their own distinct style. You know who that reminds me of? Blur. Blur is that way, too. Like, the bass player, the guitar player, the mm-hmm. drummer. Like, when they go and play in other side projects, you... They, you're like, oh, that's Graham Coxon. Yeah, right. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they get back together and you're like, oh, yeah, that's Blur playing no, together. No, it's Blur. It's very yeah. distinct style. Not styles. Blur, your brother. But no, Blur. No, that is not Blur. No, that's true. Okay, kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, what you're talking Kevin, about. Kevin, you've got middle this week? Uh, no, I've got the end. You've got uh, the oh, Shane, I've got, Shane's I've got, got this week. a few minutes with. Yes, we'll come right back and we're going to play something for you on a few minutes with. Guys, I did just check. Uh, I reloaded AbeVagoda.com and he is still alive. What exactly is AbeVagoda.com? AbeVagoda.com. It's 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 a ticker. There uh, was yeah. a, there was a website um, years back before the Olsen twins got legal. That was just a countdown to when they turned eighteen, which is alternately <laughs> funny and disturbing. That's more disturbing well, than here, is Abe Vigoda alive. This is uh, maybe le- hopefully less creepy. There is a there's a website in in uh, for people who live in Austin or anywhere people with access to the web. That basically just uh, talks about like when we get a lot of rain here, like people just worry about like how full the lake is, and it's called "Is the Lake Full Yet?" And you just com. look it up, yeah, dot com. And you just dial it up, and it, most of the time it just says "Nope," and it <laughs> tells you how, how like what capacity is and like how how much it has to go. <laughs> like it's it's really quite something. And we're here what does it say a... now? Yep. No, it's, no, it's, it's not, still it's, it's never still not full. quite there. Yeah, it's still like ten feet short. That's why like the that. joke is funny because it's yeah. never because it's ever never full. full. Yeah. Anyway, but you were Mark. You were talking. I was about just going to say we're here to to, to spend a few minutes with uh, a friend of Shane's. Right. So, oh, and you said it that way because we were just we were we were entertaining ourselves with '90s videos, listening to Smoking Popes, listening to the Rentals, Friends of P. Um, oh yeah, Matt Sharp made a bad move. The way, oh. that, that was just discussed while you were outside having part of your cigarette. We just all discussed that. So you missed out. Yeah, he made a call like, oh, I don't know if this Weezer thing's going to work out. I'm going to go form my own band and have one minor hit. Oh, God. <laughs> 21 years ago. Um, so this week, I I picked something. I mean, usually I don't really give a shit to tie it into the overall arching theme of the show, which I guess would be you know the album that we pick or whoever picks. Um, this week, I just wanted to pick something. That makes me feel a little bit. That it means something a little bit to me, and that is Shane. I don't think I've ever heard you discuss anything that didn't make you feel. Something. I know exactly. What do you, what have we ever done that you're like? Oh, I'm pretty ambivalent toward whatever that was. You have an opinion about just about anything. Yeah. This is. I'm not talking about 
a feeling in the head. I'm talking about a feeling in the heart. Okay. okay? As long as it's not your loins. May, there might be a little bit of loins. This week I picked Shaggy Wasn't Me, um, seminal song from the year 2000. So we're going to go and listen to Shaggy for a second. We'll be back and let you guys know what we watched. All right. Honey came in and she got me red. him getting freaky with the girl next door caught him red-handed but naked on the bathroom floor but there were a lot of different places on the couch he kind of pushed his luck he pushed his luck she, uh, she heard him on What's the name of this song again shane wasn't me wasn't me yeah which is a, a refrain during the song wasn't me it is a refrain I, what i was trying to figure out all of the different like she saw the marks on him wasn't me saw him on camera wasn't me heard the screams wasn't me what she waited till it was over I'm just wondering, are those like different, different times with different people? And, and well, she was, was just a very patient. I think it was just one episode because he gave her the key. And she oh yeah, he forgot he gave her the key. Yeah. So I kind of saw this as a companion piece to a couple of songs that we've covered in a few minutes with before. Of course, I'm talking about Shandosia Pink Panties. And, <laughs> smell and, my dick. And smell your dick. Smell your dick. Sorry. I don't remember who the, that lovely lady was, but can you like that's that's the companion piece to smell Good your God. dick. Smell my dick. Like that's the guy yeah. like it's sort of like the how you had stand by your man and you had I'm a stand by my woman kind of man. That's the answer. Yeah. Um Shaggy. Like I remember vaguely like hearing something about he's like a kind of reggae guy and it's kind of I, I don't vocal. know, but I can't tell. Like, here's my all of my knowledge about Shaggy. I just asked who did that song because every time I hear it, and I didn't hear it till you know just a couple of years ago, it I just collapse in laughter. It's one of the best choruses ever, ever, ever. Caught me red-handed, but naked on the bathroom floor. Like, it, it's just wasn't me. Would me? <laughs> That's immediately. He's like the Bart Simpson of. Uh... You know, like whatever fucking genre this is, like well, weird R and B reggae, reggaeton, dancehall. Yeah. And can we can we talk a little bit about like sort of the weird narrative of that video? Like, not only is there a situation where he's like trying to like basically he's trying to make his getaway, and he ends up he ends up like sort of hopping from an overpass onto an eighteen wheeler driven by another you know lady. Who he may or may not know, as, as usually happens. As usually happens, and then she drops him off at his house, and yeah. she winks at he's, him. He's like, he's like back where he started. I was like, well, now you're really caught. He's a rap scallion. Yes, he would. It would be a bit of a scallywag. Yeah, a rap scallion. Yeah, I can't. But by the way, I couldn't tell who was Shaggy. Was Shaggy the guy that was singing about all his problems, or was Shaggy like the sort of um, Obi Wan Kenobi guy with the cravat and the 
and the purple satin vest. And I wasn't doing all the rapping. Yeah, I wasn't convinced that that guy was the rapper. I was like, it looked to me like he was. I mean, and maybe he was. I don't know. Maybe I, we had I a clearly a situation going on here, and they weren't a big enough deal for people to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. maybe he was lip sync. I mean, it's a video. It happens. Okay, very rarely does it ever happen that you actually lip sync in a video. But yeah, no, that almost never happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Usually, it's super authentic. Yes. Well, Shane, thank you for sharing. I just Shaggy. wanted to show it with you. Show yeah, it with well, you. I'm going to play this like every Christmas Eve once a I start of, a family. A lot of feels in that song. It, it's yeah. a Christmassy yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. I wish they had like the remix. You could go back and like do the sleigh bells. Well, Dude, next time, yeah. Next. I mean, time, that may your, be your million dollar idea. You should have remembered that he had given her an extra key. By the way, next I, time that you uh, bring something that has the feels in it like that, if you just provide handkerchiefs. For all of us, that would be thank you. Point taken. Point taken. Point taken. Um, or like a tiny shot glass where we could uh, just cry our tears into. Okay. So why would it need to be tiny though? Like for one tear? I don't like know. I'm not tier? sure what I'll be able to produce on the spot. Is if it were all right? Never mind. Anyway, just checking uh, uh, AvePagoda.com, fellas. Uh, AvePagoda is alive. Still, oh, still alive. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's like. Why won't you people leave me alone? <laughs> um, should we get back into it? No, nah, no. Nah, okay, we'll <laughs> that's we'll we're just, just gonna all drop the mic after the that. show to a halt. Yeah. Anyway, Shaggy, that was a good time. Thank you. And now we're gonna listen to the Strokes. Los Trocas. I actually have no idea if that. Is that your telenovela uh, approach to talk about this record? Yeah. Okay. Um, Pueblo. El Los, Los <laughs> Roco de Garage. Anyway, terrible. Uh, just terrible. Yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah. Genuinely dig this record. Genuinely think I would like it more had I not heard the first record, but my life is enhanced either way. Yeah, I mean, it's a great. It, it's a. I mean, those songs are great no matter what. Um, this one has a couple of there's, I won't say stinkers. Um, I don't know if you should ever say stinkers. Oh uh, yeah, that's <laughs> unless you're talking to a toddler, maybe I don't know. You're probably right. That's my yeah. favorite uh, Kevin Bacon movie, <laughs> stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that might have been half of them. Anyway, that was Footloose. Just you need you're remembering incorrectly. Sure. Stinkers too. Stinkers, stink, the stinkening. <laughs> 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 There's a couple of songs on this album that that just aren't that just sort of tread water a little bit. Well, yeah. uh, okay, well, I will say this: that there's not a single track on this that I'm just like blown away by a few of the tracks that I was on the first record. That said, that might not be the case if I didn't know the first record. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, and I said the same thing earlier. I mean, we, we you know, we're we're kind of we're treading that territory again. Um, but there are some songs on this that are great. They're just... Even the low points are not even really low. Well, they would be other bands' high points. Yeah. Pitchfork says, The Strokes seem almost pathologically unable to write a song that isn't immediately catchy. And I don't think that that's totally true, but it seems like it's mostly true. At it's least mostly you, true. In the first two records. If there's one quibble that I have with this album is that he's not, and not that he was like super adventurous melodically on the first album, but he's less adventurous 
melodically on this album. Are you talking about Julian Casablanca? Julian Casablanca, well, who wrote the majority of the material. Right, but I'm talking about normally when the melody, when I say melody, and when somebody is talking about the melody of a song, it, it, it's from the singer. The predominant melodies tend to emerge from, you know, from the singer. Hey, is there? I mean, I'm sure there are, and you'll probably know this better than I will. But like, he doesn't play an instrument, right? Uh, not Cosa not Bogus? in the band he doesn't, but I'm pretty sure he does. Like outside but of he it, writes the majority of the music yeah, but, too. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't mean. I mean, there are a lot of people that. Uh, yeah, what I was going to ask is like, can you name other bands where like the front person doesn't play an instrument but writes? Well, I can the majority name ba- of the material. I can name bands where you have other people that like Don Henley plays drums in the Eagles and he writes. You yeah, know, that's not at all what I'm talking about. No, that's exactly what you're talking about. Playing drums is not the same as like he does. He playing does, an instrument. It, it's a different kind of instrument, dumbass. It's a. It's. There's I mean, yeah, a, there's voice a big, is an instrument for no, sure. No, there's a big difference in playing drums and playing guitar. If you're writing the songs, you can be banging on the drums and coming up with the melody. It's very different than. Well, playing. I guess Morrissey, like like a lot of like certainly his early solo material, like he was just telling people what to play in his head, and he didn't play. No, no, no. They came up with the music first, and then he would take the tapes and come up with the melodies to that. Okay. Well, I, okay. Stuff. I'm saying there are a lot of like a Lars Ulrich is another one. It's a drummer, but that's coming up with melodic stuff, like some of the melodies in the in the in the in the verses. I mean, you can. It, it, I guess when you say like plays an instrument, it's not a. Well, I meant like a thing with their hands that they. Yes, Ryan. But I can bang of. on the the thing right here. Anybody can bang on on stuff. Any you can just. Sorry. You can bang on things. It's very different than uh, having something that you could like use to create chords with. To I think Ryan's point was that he has a lot more talent than what he's exhibiting in this band. In other words, he's just using his voice, but he's also writing the music for all the other. But directing the melodies for the the rest of the band to play. I mean, like, well, he very well might play guitar or keyboards or a bunch of dis- different instruments. He just doesn't live. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so something I wanted to get into, and my favorite song that exhibits this is not actually on this record, so is this it? And it's, my point is my favorite guitar solo of all time is... Who keeps track of their favorite guitar solo? I do because it's so damn good, but um, what, what uh, Nick Valencia does really, really well um, is something that's always bothered me with a lot of like 80s guitar bands or 80s you know like heavy metal or whatever where they people just want to show off and he's a badass but it furthers the song um you know what a good guitar solo is eruption (laughs) van halen well that's all that is i actually do think it's a good guitar solo while she's saying i'm just stating the truth here while he's while he's saying that is is uh like there's an actual real-time mullet evolving Mm, yeah. So, my All favorite right, guitar solo is, is uh, Lagrange. We won't get into it. And yeah. it's good shit. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know what it is. A lot of times, a song, particularly in the '80s, a song would break down just so a guy could basically like masturbate musically on his guitar. I'm glad that you and, plugged in the word musically into that. Well, you but know, I know like, what you mean. Like, yeah, like they, they just stop this, seem... like show off this guy's little. Well, it was like it happened in set. like sort of it. It happened so <laughs> often. <laughs> That it's like now you listen to it and it's like this is this clearly seems like it's extraneous. Yeah, it doesn't do anything the for the song. And and Nick Valenti, who 
plays the majority of the the solos and the strokes doesn't seem to have that problem like he like it tends to further where the song was going and the song I was I was trying to come up with earlier is the modern age which is the second song of the first record the song that I think shows this really well on this record is uh, Cinnamon it. Girl yes it's Cinnamon Girl wow <laughs> it, no it's Between Love and Hate uh, which Shane you know uh, alluded earlier off mic that it's not his favorite song on the record but I think it is a good example of what they do really well is, you know, showcase their individual abilities without being show-offs. Yeah, it's not my favorite song on the record, but it's still not a bad song. And that and that and that's a testament to how great this record how is. strong like it overall. is all the way Strong, that's a better word. Should we, should we listen to it? I think we should. Let's if you it. want to. Do it, play it. made the comment while we while we were listening to that that like not only is that solo like well constructed but it's kind of succinct as solos go well, it doesn't go on too long it doesn't overstay its welcome yeah it's just a fun little thing that propels the song where it needs to go does it's, it come in sit down rifle through your record collection no it doesn't it's order not pizza. the thing that wouldn't leave yeah i was gonna say it's okay. not the thing that would it doesn't stay quite that long yeah it, but one of the things, too, is, um, aside from how succinct it is, is how it it has something to offer that's not just a lot of blowing around notes on a keyboard. like the And I appreciate that. You mean a fretboard? Oh, yeah, fretboard. Sorry. Yeah. It's getting that time of the night. I feel you. I forget what instruments are. Yeah, well, you are having some Dallas Blonde, which that's true. goes down easy. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the that's the slogan. That most beers don't have a slogan, but that beer has a slogan. So that yeah. was that was like a meeting they took, and they were like, "We it's have it." It's a little it. offensive. It's a it's a little Dallas. Yeah, yeah. it's a little that too. But anyway, um, so yeah. So other than the like, what were your overall what was your overall take on this record, Ryan? Like, I mean, I kind of feel like we've sort of danced around this no, a little I, bit. Well, I mean, I. Kind of, I think I spilled it pretty early on. Like, like really, really good record. I wouldn't quite call it a classic like I would the first record. Yeah, but really, you know, sides three and four. Neighbor of the classic. It? Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. you know, is this it, Junior? I mean, the first the first record is five or, out of five. Or is this it? 
Oh, this may <laughs> is be it. Is this it? Yeah. <laughs> is this it, Daddy? I don't know. What about this one? They could have called it that. Yeah. Yeah, if they were a Borscht Belt comic. <laughs> yeah, you should have tried out your look. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> Take it, Ryan's wife, please. Uh, okay, so so do we, um, I guess I've got the uh, the new song this week. You do? We have a, a segment name for that. Oh, uh, uh, the uh, something current? <laughs> Now this is it. <laughs> now no. now this. This is it. This, this is where the show this falls is it. <laughs> anyway. Uh yeah. So uh Current Affair. Yeah, so should we uh should we go away and uh and play the track? Or, Just tell tell us what you're gonna there. play. Tell, tell the folks. Yeah, okay. So this is um this is a track by a band called Ex Magician out of Belfast. They're called Ex Magician out of Come Belfast. On. They're not. They are. From, out, they're literally they are from, from Belfast. Belfast. But the, uh, but that's a great they're, band they're, name. Ex Magician out of Belfast. Ex Magician. Yeah. yeah. Poof. Now we're gone. Or we used to be. <laughs> All right. Ex Magician, comma out of Belfast. <laughs> So the name of that track is actually Place Your Bets. I think I, I mentioned Kiss That Wealth Goodbye. That's the name of the EP, which is just, I guess, broken on iTunes in the past couple of weeks. But these guys, essentially, they're two friends that make up this band, Ex Magician, and I guess they recruited the drummer or whatever. But um, they used to be part of a band called Cashier Number no. 9, who I thought was really great, and they just never sort of... It was one of those things where they just couldn't never... Couldn't cash like, in. Couldn't, ca- well, couldn't cash in. Yeah, this was a... Terrific song. Yeah. Like, I actually kind of had to go to the bathroom halfway through it, and I was like, oh, I kind of got the gist. And then it really picked up about midway through it. Uh, and I was like, is that, you, is the that bathroom TMI? thing or the... Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm good. No, I, no, I, I think what you thought you said was not what we heard. Are we right about this? I was just checking to make sure there was I don't know what you're talking about. Me. I just know that about, I was you're like, okay, you know, decent song. And then it kind of picked up and... Got a little more compelling. It got good for you? Kind of. Yeah. So I got a lot of Pink Floyd vibes watching and listening to this. Okay. Like, I think the the video was kind of put together kind of like some of the old Pink Floyd I could stuff, see that a little bit older Pink Floyd, though. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like early Pink Floyd. Early Pink Floyd. It, There's it, not a lot going on in the video. It's, what it, it's a band playing. It, it is. Yeah, and black and white. But it's the, it's a lot the of camera bleeds, movements like, and some of the... 
some of the multi-scan yeah. line no, effects but even that they put on like there. with that Farfisa in there. I mean, it remi- yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say American Analog set, but you're right. That's a, that's an even better touchstone. A lot of what the the early guitar stuff reminded me of was um, some uh, late, like mid to late '60s zombies type stuff. You know, oh, um, I can see that. Yeah, let me just say that song is by far my favorite song that we have listened to on this segment that I didn't pick. I fucking love no, that. Yeah, great no, they're song. great. Like, and it's like, so good. If you if you love that song, go dig up some of the cashier number nine stuff. Uh, like, uh, it's, um, it'll be right in your wheelhouse. Oh, I definitely will. The the one, and I won't even say that this is necessarily negative, but it kind of reminded me of like when I was going to South by Southwest a lot, and I'd go see this great band from the British Isles somewhere. And I'd be like, oh man, I can't wait till these guys blow up, and then they don't. They never do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, they kind of remind me that's of a band we, like that. But that's why we need stuff like South by Southwest out there to to. to no, a band like this could use like a really well connected manager or something. Yeah, to, this like, is not an easy sell. I mean, music, it's like sure. Red House Painters. Red House Painters existed because of people like really getting behind them, getting behind them, and then passing cassettes on. You know, yeah, like and they ended up on what four AD, I think. Yeah, they were on four AD. Yeah. Yeah, and I think well, and I think one of the things with Cashier Number Nine, and I have to go back and look, but like. I think one of the things was that band had a whole bunch of guys in it, and so I don't know why they broke up or what happened there, and if they'll be one of the ones that show up on the list of uh, bands that broke up in 2015, but, you know, the impression that I get is, like, these sort of creative forces behind that band are just a couple of buddies from from Belfast who uh, who remain friends and continue to make music together under a new name now. So Well, I mean, that happens a lot, especially when you have a lot of players within the context of whatever kind of group you have. Various I mean, conflicts come you, up. And you grow up a little bit. Maybe you might get somebody pregnant. Maybe you might get pregnant. You know, things like that happen, and people, you know, fall off. They drift away. These dudes don't look pregnant, I don't think. But they're, they're new. They recently signed to Bella Union, and it seems like those those guys Oh, have yeah, it. that's the Cocteau Twins. I was going to say, we, yeah, are, we yeah. talked about that label a few shows ago, a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so anyway, yeah, that was that's X Magician. Yeah, I I can't say that they'll blow up big, but I like them. Good song, like, good I, I, song, I just, and it looks like it sounds like they've got a chance. Yeah, Ryan, that sounds like perfectly in the wheelhouse of what you and I would have been stumbling drunk listening to in 1996. Absolutely, but I, I don't necessarily think it sounds dated. Though. It doesn't sound but, dated at all. But it, but it is it's great. something that you and I would have been like fawning over. Yeah, yeah. Like 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 holding each other up in a club, like I love you, man. Don't let me hit the floor. That kind of stuff. He's paraphrasing. <laughs> yes, I am. All right. So uh, so next show. Next show, we're gonna it? we're gonna do a, a mixtape show again. Doing yeah. the happy happy fun time Christmas mixtape. The ho- yeah the holiday pick your holiday. End yeah, it of doesn't year have to be a, a Christmas like, song, but we're gonna do the holiday the holiday song spectacular. Special. Yeah, yeah. The, we hate. We are waging the war on Christmas mixtape. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah. No. When it goes up, we are waging the war on Christmas holiday song mixtape. Yes, yeah. exactly. It sounds like somebody in, in, in Japan like created a robot, and those are the words that they it spit does. out. It does a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So maybe there will be also some... I don't know. Some Japanese robots? I, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> Knock perhaps. on wood. Just Google Japanese robot holiday song and I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll find something I'm sure we'll feel the feel we'll fill the hole 
So tune in next week for the for the uh, the the big oh, yeah. uh, holiday show, and uh, by you know probably worth mentioning again. If you have anything that uh, that you want us to cover, uh, write in. Let us know. Put it in the comments. We read those sometimes. We do. <laughs> we do. PO box. Anyway, this was fun, you guys. Uh, for this week, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. Shane. And Mark. This is somebody likes it.